Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the Power, to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Special Edition and our ongoing mini-series about the elements and elementals. Tonight's element is air. Tonight's elemental is the sliff. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Again, this is the Secret Teachings broadcasting around the world on the Fringe FM. The Fringe FM app you can download for free along with the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Catch the Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe. Check out our vast archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you like what you hear, if you'd like to hear more, or if you'd like to rehear a show, you can subscribe to the full show archive, get access to download and stream all the shows, get access to the montages, a digital copy of each of my books, And with every yearly subscription, which is really the best deal by far, you get a physical copy of one of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, or the Technological Elixir, by visiting www.thesecretteachings.info. Or if you have any questions about that or the show, topic ideas, or you'd like to be a guest or have music played on the show, Email me directly at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. All these stories of gods and goddesses, nymphs and brownies, sprites and various spirits, are not really to be taken as literal any more than they should be seen as sheer fantasy. The spirits of nature were thought to exist just beyond human sight. Although they could make themselves visible by choice or through certain operations performed by a magician, these elementals were classified into groups of somewhat humanoid creatures, much like the signs of the zodiac that were anthropomorphized into humans or animals or insects. These elementals were classified into groups of creatures representing earth, air, or the ether, water, and fire. The first two shows were on water and fire. Tonight is air. Next week will be earth. To some of these elementals, by their associated elements, they are very much alive in the sense that they are not merely inanimate. Life comprises a condition that includes capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and change, even preceding death. By this definition, we can see that Earth is alive, that Earth breathes, that Earth is cold, that Earth is dry. But when you mix the elements, Earth can become moist, Earth can become warm. Earth is like fire in that it is dry. Earth can also be like air when it is accompanied by water in that it is moist. But air can also be dry as well when accompanied by fire. Earth, air, water, and fire grow, reproduce, 
and change form. In this way, the elementals obtain life, they obtain movement through their characters that are thought to exist just beyond our sight. These include fairies and hobgoblins, those dwelling in grasslands, potamites in rivers or nymphs in marshes, oreids in mountains, humides in meadows, dryades and hamadryades in the woods, and pali and phenali in the country. Anthony Todd Thompson wrote in his editorial notes on the occult sciences of Salverte, of fairies in particular, saying that the fays and fairies are evidently of Scandinavian origin, although the name fairy is supposed to be derived from, or rather is a modification of the Persian peri, an imaginary benevolent being whose province it was to guard men from the maledictions of evil spirits. But with more probability, it may be referred to as the Gothic fagir, as the term elves is from alpha, the general appellation for the whole tribe. If this derivation of the name of fairy be admitted, we may date the commencement of the popular belief in British fairies to the period of the Danish conquest. They were supposed to be diminutive aerial beings, beautiful, lively, and beneficent in their intercourse with mortals, inhabiting a region called Fairyland, Alfheimer, commonly appearing on earth at intervals, when they left traces of their visits and beautiful green rings where the dewy sword had been trodden in their moonlight dances. These are the fairy rings. You ever seen a fairy ring? Sometimes fairy rings aren't fairy rings, though. Fairy rings have been transformed into a newer form of the elementals and a newer form of what we call nymphs and sprites and fairies and all the various mystical, mythical creatures. I think our modern-day version of the fairy, of the gnome, of the elf, the slith, the undine, the salamander, etc., is really the UFO. It's the unidentified flying object and the inhabitant of that object or the operator of that object that when landing and departing from that landing spot leaves behind a circle in the grass. In some cases, it's reported that there are no plants able to grow in that circle, that there's elevated radiation levels. Now, there might be numerous meanings to this, ways in which to define why this is the case, but we often say that there are scientific explanations for these things. Therefore, dismissing the occult, dismissing the metaphysical, dismissing the mythical, the mystical, dismissing the the fairies and the elementals and all these things. I feel that the identification of the elements with these anthropomorphic uh, anthropomorphic like creatures, fire is a salamander, earth is the gnome, water is the undine or the mermaid, and of course the air is the sliff. I feel as if we anthropomorphize these these elements and these these facts of nature, we are observing nature and attempting to understand its mechanism by applying 
500 or 1,000 years ago or even 100 years ago, a simplistic definition that isn't technical but is more mythical, mythical, mystical, in the sense that we, we try to understand why does the wind blow. Perhaps the wind is controlled by these invisible creatures called sliffs. It might not be scientific. We might not be naming things like oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, hydrogen for the elements. But instead, we call it air. In layman's terms, we call it ether. In occult terms, we call it the sliff, the air spirit. Nitrogen, carbon, hydrogen, or fire, earth, and water, or the salamander, the gnome, and the undine, or the mermaid. One of the most famous mermaids, of course, other than Ariel, is the Meliocene creature that graces the front of virtually everything you buy at Starbucks. Our world is saturated from the seen to the unseen by forces that can be technically defined and forces that can be non-technically defined. But who's to say that the identification of air any more than fire, earth, or water with some type of elemental creature Something that, in essence, exists in the real world, like a salamander, a lizard, a dragon, breathes fire that guards a treasure, a little creature that lives in the woods, that guards the caves, that guards the underworld, the gnomes, the miners, the gnomes, and the dwarves. Who's to say that these creatures aren't real? At least they are real identifications, real ways in which to understand, through less technical scientific means, the world in which our ancestors lived in. Meaning that their observations of nature were no different than ours. We just had different classification systems for how we identify things. We don't call it a salamander. Salamander is a generalized term applied to the element of fire. A sliff is a generalized term referring to air or ether. Now we just call fire nitrogen. Uh, now we call air oxygen. And perhaps in a thousand years from now, we'll look back and maybe we'll readopt the idea of the ether, readopt the idea of the sliffs, the air spirits. And we'll kind of laugh at the identification of air in a technically scientific terminology as oxygen. I'm sure at one point, people thought it would have been quite silly to call it anything except the spirit that is unseen, that can be called upon in the air. You see the air operate on the trees when the wind blows. You feel it in your face, the cool breeze that can be either dry or moist, much like the earth. If you read Cornelius Agrippa, he explains the elements in these terms, in these ways. Moisture, hot, cold. In the study of the elements, what, uh, what much of what we've, in the study of the elements, uh, much of what we've learned 
comes from Agrippa and others where we find the following qualities. Fire is hot and dry. Earth is dry and cold. Water is cold and moist. And air is moist and hot. Fire is contrary to water and earth to air. Yet fire and air are agreeable since the former require the latter to burn. As for the waters, they separate the land or earth. Of fire and air, these elements are light in nature and active. Of earth and water, these elements are heavy in nature and passive. They also relate to the four bodily humors, color, bile, It's hot and dry like fire. Melancholy is dry and cold as earth. Phlegm or mucus is cold and moist as water, and blood is moist and hot as air. There are also twelve secondary elemental powers given in pairs besides the first powers of hot, cold, moist, and dry. They are heavy and light, rare and dense, smooth and rough, hard and soft, thin and thick, acute and obtuse. Air can be said to be heavy or light. Heavy because you can feel electricity acting on the air particles. Particles in the air that you hear sound from. Sound is the vibration of air particles translated into electrical signals by your senses and transmitted to the brain that we interpret as sound. Some hearing aid systems just bypass the ear canal and directly connect to the brain. Understanding this concept, air can be heavy and dense as well as it can be light. Beautiful spring day. You feel that light hits your skin, hits your body, hits your face, hits your eyes. You feel that warmth of the sun. You feel that fresh spring air. Take a deep breath. It's light. Or you go to a graveyard, go to a church. You can feel a heavy presence in the air. Air can be smooth, a cool breeze, or it can be rough, like in a desert storm. Air can thus be hard in that desert storm, or it can be soft, it can be thin, or it can be thick. Elements are sometimes given these attributes or properties, thus called threefold, which by multiplication gives us the number 12 by 4 and 3. The twelve signs of the zodiac fall under each of the elements, also in groups of three. To fire, we have Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. To earth, Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. To water, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And to air is Libra, Aquarius, and Gemini. And that always confused me because I thought Aquarius, I'm an Aquarian, that Aquarians were bearers of water, pouring out the pitcher like in the Bible. But we are an air sign. The elements are also mixed with each other and are transformed into different states of matter in a process of becoming whole again. Air can be sympathetic with and kindled with fire, as with smoke, gas, and the fuel and ashes then cooled once more become solid or earth. Air, like anything and everything else, is all around us. We need air. We need oxygen. We need to be able to breathe. When we exhale, carbon dioxide, it's part of the air. We need that. Plants need that. Carbon dioxide is the oxygen, I've always said, of plants. Oxygen is something that is obviously important to life on planet Earth. But there are some creatures that live on other gases. There are some things that are powered in ways that humans are not powered. When you think of a, a way to write or to create a really 
you know, kind of disturbing, anxiety-inducing movie, playing on the elements like oxygen might be a good way to go. This has happened in a number of movies over the past couple of years, a post-apocalyptic movie, which I personally didn't find uh, great, but it was still a, it's an okay film, the movie Io. In a post-apocalyptic time, the earth was rendered toxic. The air was toxic. Most of humanity had abandoned the planet and colonized one of Jupiter's moons, Io. Another movie I found uh, on Netflix a long time ago, about a year ago I watched it, when it, I think it was when it first came out, called 2067, When Earth's Air Becomes Unbreathable. And a message from the future sends a man on a dangerous mission to an unknown world to save the human race. A recent movie that's come out I have not seen yet is called Oxygen, where a woman wakes up in a cryogenic chamber with no recollection of how she got there. She has to find a way out before running out of air, and she has to deal with this sentient computer-like system, kind of like HAL. And I was thinking about some other movies that deal with uh, contamination of the, of the environment or contamination of the air, creating a toxic, uh, you know, a, a toxic soup that humans can't, survive in so they have to you know live underground or they have to live in some kind of you know bunker i thought of the movie called the island i like the island i think it's a good movie it's got scarlett johansson in it it's a very good movie i think it's got uh ewan mcgregor in it steve buscemi came out in 2005 the movie's about no spoilers. What seems to be a utopian society in the mid-21st century. And there's a lottery system within this society that takes one lucky winner to an island. The reason they want to go to the island is because the whole world outside of this perceptually utopian facility where they live their lives... They eat, sleep, and exercise and hang out. The world outside of that facility is considered contaminated. They call it the contamination in the movie. And the island is supposedly one of the only places left on Earth where the air is not toxic. Of course, you find out later in the movie that it's all a big lie and that the people that are living in this facility aren't really who they think they are. That they are a form of replicant or clone. And that the earth really isn't contaminated by anything. And I won't tell you much more because that might spoil the movie, but it's interesting because in the movie, in this facility that the people live in, they have guards that monitor the proximity of the residents. You're not allowed to get within a couple of feet of each other. Or you're not allowed to have prolonged time within a shared close space. They'll come up to you and say, watch your proximity. Don't get too close to one another. All the while outside, the air is supposedly contaminated, dangerous. You know, other people can be dangerous. 
It turns out the whole thing is just a big lie. And Steve Buscemi's character explains to characters played by Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor McGregor, that um, everything they thought that they knew was, was all made up. Everything they thought they knew before the contamination was all was all a lie. I can't help but think that the last two years have provided us with uh, with an eerie parallel, not only to movies like I Am Legend and various other TV shows like or movies like uh, you know TV shows like Utopia or movies that have been made explicitly for what's happening uh, the last two years. One movie called Songbird, but the movie the the island kind of gives us all of that wrapped up a contaminated earth everything is poisonous outside the air and you got to stay away from each other because you could get each other sick and you have have proximity alerts you can't get near each other it's all based on this idea that the air is poison the air is toxic and you can't leave the facility and everything you thought you knew before the contamination was all a lie it's always been you know essentially contaminated the subconscious implication I think it might have in the predictive programming to the audience. You've always been bad. You've always been toxic. You need to be quarantined, locked away, kept from other human beings. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more on air when we come back from break. Stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally used their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. 
Green. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake C. CG images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see and the observations that we make on the Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. What happened to the oxygen? It is not so to seek life, no matter what. You think that's air you're breathing now? Do you think that's air you're breathing? I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teaching Special Edition, part three of our four-part series on the elements and the elementals tonight. The element is air. The elemental is the sliff. The elemental is representing the air or ether. Their state of matter is gas. The female sliffs are the sliffids. Not to be confused with the atmosphere of Earth, this elemental exists as an intangible and invisible spiritual medium. Their home is in the clouds and the surrounding atmosphere and among the mountains. And their leader, Peralda, is said to dwell upon the highest mountain on Earth. Of all the elementals, they are the highest in rank and order since their element has the highest vibratory rate. This is also related to their association with men of genius acting in cooperation with their essence. 
Unlike the apparent age of gnomes, these beans never seem to grow old. Their appearances vary, with exception to their common representations with wings. They are the fairies. The slips were given the eastern corner of creation, for which we call the eastern wind. As preserved by Plato, a discourse from Socrates on these elementals reads as follows. And upon the earth are animals and men, some in a middle region, others, elementals, dwelling about the air as we dwell about the sea, others in islands which the air flows around near the continent. And in a word, the air is used by them as the water and the sea are by us, and the ether is to them what the air is to us. Moreover, the temperament of their seasons is such that they have no disease and live much longer than we do and have sight and hearing and smell and all the other senses in far greater perfection in the same degree that air is purer than water or the ether than fire. Also, they have temples and sacred places in which the gods really dwell and they hear their voices and receive their answers and are conscious of them and hold converse with them. And they see the sun, moon, and stars as they really are, and their other blessedness is of a peace with this. It's Plato, one of his writings, a discourse from Socrates on the elemental of the slips. Slips are one of a number of fairies and various mythical, mystical creatures. One of the four elementals, representing the four elements, the gnomes or earth, the undines or the naiads, water, and the salamanders, fire, the slifts are air. Their state of matter, again, is gas. They are fluid like water. Air can flow in and out, up and down, in and around. These creatures, these spirits, can be called upon. Air, oxygen, the things that we take for granted because we can't see them. We have a fire, we can appreciate that because we can see it, we can feel it very directly. Air is something I think we take for granted. We can see the earth and feel the earth directly much like fire. We can see the water and feel the water much more directly, but we can't really see the air. We can't see the oxygen. When things are really cold, you can kind of see your breath. You might be able to see oxygen leak out of a tank, but you really can't see air. There's all kinds of things in the air, more than just oxygen. There's ether in the air that the slifts are supposed to live off of, feed off of. Ether, the life force, something that humans throughout history have said they have been able to live off of. Breathing in the ether, kind of like sun eating. There's a lot of stuff in the air. There's a lot of stuff that remains unseen. Various gases and chemicals that might have an odor but no visible thing, no visible sight. They're not made visible unless by something acting upon them. Things that have no smell, that have no visibility, but are still in the air. And over the last probably three decades since the 1990s, during the 
Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro, we've heard there are some parts of the air that are bad. They're bad for the environment. They're bad for the climate. One of those is carbon dioxide. A generation, maybe two full generations, has been told repeatedly in news and in entertainment and in school that carbon dioxide is dangerous to the planet. That carbon dioxide is dangerous to human civilization. That carbon dioxide is a result of human civilization and it is also going to destroy human civilization. Not only human civilization, carbon dioxide is going to destroy the planet. It's going to destroy everything. There'll be nothing left except what nature preserves in the absence of humans. Of course, carbon dioxide is necessary for plants to produce oxygen for humans to breathe. So that the whole planet doesn't become toxic to humans and we don't run out of oxygen like the movie 2067. Or part of the movie synopsis IO or EO, post-apocalyptic movie about the earth being made toxic. There are toxic zones and very few places where there are pockets of oxygen left for humans to survive in, so humans have left to go to one of Jupiter's moons, Io or Eo. In the movie The Island, people live inside of a utopian facility. They think that's just the way the world is. Outside of that facility, there is toxicity. There is what's called contamination everything is essentially dead there's no way anything could survive out there but they keep bringing people into the island and telling the residents that they found more people that were alive in this contaminated world of course the movie eventually shows that people that are living in this facility are literally owned by rich powerful people who have grown them as a clone in a lab, as an insurance policy for their failing health or in the, in the situation where they, they may require a, you know, an identical organ, a transplant. But the movie has this underlying theme of why there, there has to be this, this maintained facility because everything outside is contaminated. And inside the facility, you have to be careful how close you get to other people because you could get them sick. It's dangerous. You don't want people talking. You don't want people getting together. You don't want people, they could make each other sick and compromise the operation, compromise the assets. Like cattle. So they have proximity alerts when people get too close to each other. You can't go outside because the air is contaminated. The environment is contaminated. Or so... You're told. You're really just controlled by this corporation that takes money to grow clones as an investment for one's physical health, in case you need an organ or something like that. I like The Island. I thought it was a good movie. It was a little bit disturbing when I watched it again in light of the last two years because I saw not necessarily direct predictive programming, but retro-predictive programming 
I think we could call it, where again, you can't get too close to somebody and you have to live in quarantine essentially and the planet is toxic and you can't go outside and but you're really just owned as a piece of property, as a clone of some corporate structure, some corporation that people invest in to have clones grow and to you know, replace their organs if they need it, if they're in a car crash or they've got heart problems or whatever. It kind of has this, this feeling to it like it's, like it's a reality in some way. It also has a similar feel in part of its theme to Resident Evil, with the Hive, this vast underground genetics laboratory operated by the Umbrella Corporation. And they unleash this deadly virus, killing the lab personnel and bringing them back to life as, as an evil undead zombie. It's the first Resident Evil. Of course, Alice, with all the connections to Alice in Wonderland and the red dress, Alice is immune, and she's kind of she's kind of like this symbiotic organism with the virus. She has powers because of the virus. It reminds me of I Am Legend as well, the Crippen virus. All the people that take the vaccines for cancer and they turn into these monsters, these dark seekers that see the uninfected as the real monsters that need to be destroyed. That movie perhaps another case of retro predictive programming starts out with a two-week mitigation process, a two-week period of waiting to see what happens. It's funny that since the late days of 2019 into 2020, all the things that have happened, climate change seems to be the next COVID-19. And we're told that climate change actually led to COVID-19. Some people tell us that. We hear the IPCC saying that we only have a few years. This is a red alert emergency. Something needs to be done. We need to deindustrialize the world now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, not next week. But right this second, we need to do it right now. Turn everything off. Disconnect. Stop having a kid. Stop having a house. Stop having an air conditioner. Get rid of it all. Don't even think about it. Swelter in the summer. Don't have children. Live a miserable, unproductive life. And we'll give you everything. You'll own nothing and you'll like it. You'll love it, says Klaus Schwab. I don't know how many people recognize that this all has to do with the air. This all has to do with, with the, 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 the very fundamental basis like water, like warmth from heat, and like the ground that we walk on, earth, air, and how important air is, and how insane and psychopathic and how foreign and how alien it is. For anybody to suggest that carbon dioxide, the oxygen of plants, the very thing that helps plants to produce oxygen so that we can breathe and have a stable environment so there aren't pockets of oxygen and the rest of the world is contaminated with toxic poisonous gases like the movie Io or Eo, or oxygen isn't running out like in the movie 2067, or the whole world isn't contaminated like the island, although that was a big lie in the movie. The earth really wasn't contaminated. 
oxygen is so important, and yet we look at oxygen, we look at carbon dioxide as being things that are dangerous because carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas and because when we breathe oxygen in, we exhale carbon dioxide, and that's dangerous. That's what we're told anyway. Just like in the island, we're told that the outside world is contaminated. Just like in the last two years, we're told the outside world is contaminated. Watch your proximity with other people because they could get you sick. Just like the protection of assets in the movie The Island. The world is contaminated outside, so you have to stay in quarantine. You can't go outside. You can't even ask questions. It's dangerous to ask questions. You work for a corporation. You're an asset of that corporation. That's all that you are. Every memory you had of life before the contamination was implanted. It was all made up. You are a genetic replicant of a rich, powerful person who uses you as an investment. It just seems alien to me. If you were going to come to Earth and you were going to attempt to take the planet over, what better way than to convince the entire population of that planet that the way in which they breathe and the manner by which that oxygen-carbon dioxide exchange with plants allows for life to flourish that it's all toxic, that it's poisonous. Perhaps the aliens can't tolerate oxygen. Perhaps the aliens don't like carbon dioxide. Kind of reminds me of War of the Worlds, where the aliens couldn't handle the, the elements here on Earth. They died. Maybe these aliens, they don't like carbon dioxide. They don't like oxygen. Maybe they don't like it just because they know that we need carbon dioxide to live. It helps plants to produce oxygen. You know, very few people will tell you about the medieval warm period if we're talking about climate change. 800 to 1400 A.D., much hotter than it is now. Not many people will tell you that in 2015, a team of 38 scientists found, according to the Washington Post, that the planet is home to 3.04, and this is an estimate, up from 400 billion, 3.04 trillion trees. That means the researchers say there are 422 trees for every single person on Earth. And this is just an underestimate, a conservative estimate. Wouldn't you say that's incredibly vital information on the subject of carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide absorption and oxygen production? The average tree absorbs about 48 to 50 pounds of CO2 per year. And not accounting at all for all the other plant life. And there's so much more. The 422 trees per person should estimated absorb eh, somewhere around 20 to 22,000 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. Whether a low or high estimate, U.S. Americans tend to release more CO2 per year than even the Chinese. Though there's a major difference between air pollution and CO2. One is destructive and the other is necessary for life to exist. 
The Guardian newspaper reported in 2009 how the average American is responsible for 19.8 tons of carbon dioxide per person, the average Chinese about 4.6 tons. Even with these estimates, all humans individually release anywhere between 40 to 45,000 pounds of CO2 a year. So by estimation, the trees that you have, about 422, should absorb about half of your carbon footprint. And none of this is factored in. This is just, these are just rough mathematical estimates. None of this is factored in. None of it is factored into the computer models. models. And don't you think that that's a very important thing that should be factored into the CO2 models? There are that many more trees... And based on estimates of carbon dioxide emissions per person just in the United States, those trees would absorb half of your carbon output. And that's on average. Some use more, some use less, or some produce more, some produce less. But this is also one of those biased statistics, something that we focus on a focal point that we otherwise wouldn't think about. And because nobody's brought it to our attention, we think, oh, that's bad. But what if it's good, though? What if NASA has published papers on their website about how carbon dioxide has actually led the increase in carbon dioxide has actually led to a greener environment a greener planet which produces what more oxygen which does what cleans the polluted environment and these are just trees bushes greenery things that we think of when we think of plants but there are so many other plants that aren't your typical tree, aren't your typical shrub or bush. NASA said that the Earth has actually been made greener by carbon dioxide. Logically, we could deduce that carbon dioxide, making plants greener, would make plants healthier, would help plants to produce more oxygen, and this would help clean up the toxic environment. Instead, our focus is on carbon dioxide as a pollutant, not even on methane necessarily, not even on other toxic gases, not on the thousands of chemicals that are used, that are sprayed on crops, that are sprayed above cities to fight mosquitoes that make people really sick, and then we blame it on malaria. People live in swamps, exposed to methane and other chemicals, other gases. Carbon dioxide is really important. I think this should be factored into the carbon dioxide emission models, don't you? Don't you find it funny that wearing a mask prevents you from breathing properly? That we've been told lockdowns are needed every couple of years because we've been able to reduce carbon dioxide emissions from these lockdowns. Funny how that works. You want to reduce carbon dioxide emissions... You want to shut down travel. You want to prevent people from communicating. You can do that because lockdowns will help prevent the spread of disease. Well, by disease, they mean human activity. They mean breathing. They mean exhaling. They mean functioning within the natural system with plants to produce more oxygen to clean the environment. They're like environmental scrubbers, and we're part of that system. Keeping people separate from each other so they don't talk. Proximity alert, proximity alert. Keep your distance from each other. Because although you're useless cattle, you still have a price. 
on your head. You are still an asset to the corporate state. You're still an asset to the global, quote-unquote, elitists. Don't travel. Don't take a plane. Don't drive your car. Don't do anything. Don't go see anybody. Don't go out and do something. You need to remain quarantined, locked down, because the environment out there is contaminated like the movie The Island. It's dangerous out there. There are also people that attack you because you wear a mask and you believe in saving lives with vaccines. They hate you, so you need to stay in your house like I am legend. There are monsters out there. When in reality, the dark seekers who took the vaccine, who are infected, who have the Crippen virus, an engineered, genetically modified uh, system, they see the uninfected and the healthy as the virus that needs to be exterminated. And when you look at it from this point of view, you start to recognize whether it's direct predictive programming, indirect predictive programming, retro predictive programming, for sake of a definition and identification and context and terminology, or it's the revelation of the method through these and other means. You start to recognize that not shaking hands having proximity alerts, being locked down, being in quarantine, being told that others could get us sick, stay away from them, not traveling, not flying, not driving, or at least making it really difficult to reduce the amount of travel, not having sex, not having children, not having families, not having an air conditioner, not having a business, having the business shut down while big box stores can remain open. Do you realize all of this has to do with oxygen? It all has to do with the environment. These are all the exact same policy recommendations to combat climate change. And they're all being done in the name of preventing sickness. Preventing COVID-19. It all has to do with the air. Because in the air, those invisible spirits, the sliffs, you can't see them. You can invoke them, though. In the air, you can't see this invisible pathogen, but it can be invoked anytime someone wants to shake hands, anytime somebody wants to kiss their significant other, anytime anybody wants to go to a ball game, anytime somebody wants to vote for a Republican, apparently. Anytime somebody says, I've read all the medical literature, masks don't work, even the New England Journal of Medicine said they're magical talismans, literally. I don't trust the scientists. I don't trust the doctors. Well, you should trust the scientists and doctors. Well, are these the same scientists like Joseph Mangala, the same doctors that recommended smoking camels because more doctors than, you know, more doctors smoke camels than any other brand? Are these the same scientists and doctors? Are they the same ones that experiment on black folks? The Tuskegee experiment? Is that, is that what we're dealing with here? Because I don't really want to, I don't really want to listen to them. Then the magicians invoke COVID. They invoke the invisible spirit. They invoke that invisible force in the air. They derive it from the air. They conjure it out of the air. I've been saying it all week. The world is run by the subconscious, by archetypes and by symbols. The world is run by magicians. The world is run by magicians who control your minds, the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious, mostly without you ever noticing it. 
So if you want to kiss somebody, you want to have sex, you want to have kids, you want to have an air conditioner, you want to talk to your friends, post on social media, you can't do any of that because it's all to keep you safe from the contaminant outside. It's all to keep you safe from other humans who could get you sick and you could get them sick, therefore tampering with the assets of the corporate state. Anything that is human, anything that is organic, love, laughter, production, vigor, breathing, it's toxic to the aliens. I'm Ryan Gable. And this is The Secret Teachings. And anytime you want to do those things, the black magicians simply summon, conjure, evoke, invoke those visible spirits in the air known as pathogens. And they tell you, you keep doing that, and we're going to send these spiritual forces to attack you and your grandma and your family and your kids, and it's going to wipe everybody out. So you need to do what we say. Listen to the lords of misrule, the lords of chaos, the lords of destruction, the black magicians that use magic to control your mind, your subconscious, your unconscious, and your conscious mind. Being aware of it breaks the spell, breaks the curse, and sets you free, as free as the slifts in the air. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, special edition. Part three of a four-part series on the elements tonight, air. Next week earth stay safe stay informed stay healthy and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Spirit of the air. You think that's air you're breathing now? Something in this field could be releasing the chemical into the air when there's too many of us together. What happened to the oxygen? Let's just stay ahead of the wind. We need to see the name of the toxic zone. Death continued to spiral out of control due to the oxygen crisis that the world has termed the sickness. The life you think you had before the contamination never happened. Put your mask back on! I can't breathe! The world we once called home is a kind the fundamental principle of nature is survival. What happened to the oxygen? It is in our soul to seek life, no matter what. You think that's air you're breathing in? 